Hey, it's awesome to be with you today. So excited to be able to share with you. I feel like I've got a word in season for us. Um, don't know whether you're going to think it's an easy one, but here we go. I want to just say this at the start, that I know so many of you have been struggling with disappointment, um, just some traumatic things of late. There have been losses, there's been pain, there's been unbelievable grief. Some of you might even be struggling with depression, anxiety, fear, disappointment of expectations, dreams dashed, and the list goes on, right? And sometimes we entangle ourselves so much in the pain of those sorts of things that we struggle to move on from them. We struggle to live in freedom and in fullness that God has for us. And today I want to share just one one key with you, one thing that I find in all of the ministry that I do that can be so liberating and always necessary for people. And, um, and hopefully it'll shed some light on some things that we struggle with and hopefully it'll make us lighter. We all want to be lighter, right? So, so that's always a good thing. And I want to say this right at the start as well. I'm inviting you into my challenge today. I am by no means sharing this message with you from a place of complete victory. I'm sharing this message with you, inviting you onto my journey with me, inviting you into my challenge with me. I don't know if you'll say thank you at the end, but you're welcome. Um, so I'm going to be speaking today about forgiven to forgive. Forgiven to forgive. Maybe two flip sides of a coin. Let's see how we go. Let me start today by telling you a story. What if there was a CEO of a company, CEO of a large company, and this CEO was busy doing his books, and the CEO of this company called in a departmental manager, and as he was looking at the books, as he was looking at making a level ground of all the things that were coming in and going out, you know, that financial stuff, he realized that this departmental manager that he'd called in owed him and the company 10 million rand. 10 million rand, not a small amount of money. And what if he said to this departmental manager, you owe me 10 million, so, and I want it. I want it, like, give it to me now. And this manager said, there is just no way. I can't do it. I can't give you that money. I don't have it. I don't know what happened to it. I don't know where it went. But... The CEO of the company says to him, okay, well, how about you, um, you sell your wife, you sell your children, you sell your car, you sell your house, and of everything that you make, you give it all to me. And the manager just cringes and pleads with the CEO and says to him, I just can't, I can't do that. I, can we make a plan? Is there, is there anything that we can do? And the CEO, because of just seeing where this man is at and just the compassion that is needed, he says to the manager, hey, you know what? It's okay. Let's just cancel the debt. I, I release you from this 10 mil that you owe me. Go, go for it. You go. It's all good. I mean, imagine that. That would be an awesome thing, right? So, so what if this departmental manager then is looking at his books and he's trying to calculate some things and he comes across one of his sales reps and the sales rep owes him a thousand rand, just a thousand. 
and he calls in the sales rep and he says to him, you need to give me this thousand rand back right now. Like I'm not waiting. You need to give me this money. And the sales rep pleads with him and he says, what can I do? How can I, can we make up a payment plan? Something, something. And he says, absolutely not. I want it back now. After everything that's just happened in this guy's life, he's demanding this of the sales rep. And here's the amazing thing. People hear him. You know how you don't want people to hear you, but they hear you anyway. And they go to the CEO and they tell the CEO and the CEO calls him in and he says, buddy, what is going on? Like, I just, I released you from all of your data. Now here you are demanding this 1000 Rand. And he says to him this, he says, because of what you've done, I'm handing you over. Whether it's to SARS, whether it's to Hawks, whether it's to whoever it is, I'm handing over, I'm handing you over to those people to do with you what they see fit. Imagine if that was actually the case. Well, what if I told you that there's a story in the Bible, in Matthew 18, which is very similar to this. I've basically taken this story and I've paraphrased it and I've made it sound like something that's remotely similar to a modern day version of that story. Somebody being forgiven a huge amount of debt, released from, having this massive amount of debt cancelled. And yet when someone comes to him with a smaller amount, even if it was the same amount, he refuses to give up. He refuses to let go of what it is. Here's the frightening thing about this story. And here's where I invite you into my challenge. This story has got some words in it that we tend to sometimes skip over. Sometimes we read parts of the Bible and there are parts of the Bible that are hard and they're challenging. And what do we do? <laughs> we glance over them really quickly. We read the bits that we want to read like, oh, yes, Lord, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And then when it comes to a hard part, we read it really quickly. We don't highlight it. It's certainly not something that you'd find on your fridge. And I want to say this, what if those tough parts of scripture, what if those tough parts of what Jesus said are actually the parts that are going to bring us the most freedom? What if those tough parts are the parts that are actually going to bring us into more fullness, into more of who we are, into more of what God planned for you and for me? What if we didn't skip over those tough parts? What if you and I are actually made for the hard stuff? What if we're anointed for the hard stuff. What if we can actually do the tough stuff with Holy Spirit? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for every person that is watching this on the other side of the screen. Lord God, I pray your blessing over them. I pray, Father, that as we delve into this topic of forgiven to forgive, that you would be gentle, Lord God, that you would lead us to a place, Father, of being in greater freedom, lighter, being able to understand ourselves and you more. And Father God, that that in turn would bring about just more of you in our spheres of influence. In Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. So I want to actually read that part of, some parts of Matthew 18 to you, that, that passage that I was alluding to earlier on. It comes about this story that Jesus told, the parable that Jesus told, comes about as Peter is asking how many times must we forgive? He says, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Now, you see, this was quite generous for Peter because in the day, a Jewish tradition was that if you forgive three times, you've done it. Job done, right? 
And Jesus says to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven, 77 times. And it goes on to say, therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. You see what Jesus is saying. These are the words of Jesus, his words. And he is saying the kingdom of heaven comes because of us being able to do these things, these hard things, the stuff that we're actually anointed for and made for. But the end of the story is, is the hard part because it says, and should you not have had mercy on your fellow servants, as I had mercy on you and handed you over to the jailers, etc., etc., so also my Father in heaven will do to every one of you if you do not forgive from your heart. And this is where we all go, ish or ouch or aina or something. Because these are the tough parts that we tend to just glance over really quickly. At the beginning of this series that we're busy doing now, Words to Live By, Pastor Carol spoke about three options when it comes to looking at some of these words. Terrifying, impossible, and beautiful. A scripture like this to me is terrifying because Jesus says it. <laughs> and Jesus says to do it. It's not a suggestion. It's impossible because we feel like we're letting people off the hook. We feel like we're letting people go. We feel like we're being hard done by if they don't pay for what they've done. And beautiful also because when we do it, we are set beautifully free. And hopefully you'll see that as we work our way through this. A week later, Pastor Fifi spoke about taking my yoke on me, the easy yoke, the easy yoke that is spoken of. And part of that yoke is a lifestyle of forgiveness. You see, we get rest through the easy yoke by doing what the kingdom of heaven speaks of. And last week, Pastor Siv spoke about the anatomy of obedience. Do you know what? Sometimes we need to just do it because it's the right thing to do. One of the things to be obedient in that Jesus says, doesn't suggest, but he says, forgive as I've forgiven you. And sometimes we just need to go about being obedient. So I want us to first today just have a look at forgive, forgiven. We are forgiven. I want you to think about your life story. We heard the version of a CEO or a king. But what about your life story? What about my life story? What if I had to ask you to think for a moment about the worst thing that you've ever done? Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to write it in the chat section of this video. But what if I asked you to even just think about the worst thing that you've ever done? Maybe even think about the worst thing that you've said. Or maybe even what is the worst thing that you've thought? <laughs> it's a scary place, right? It's a scary place to go to. What about the worst thing on the worst day, even to the worst person, even if you felt as if it was justified to them. You see, every deed, every word, every action, every rolled eye, every grimace, every frustration is evident in our lives if we have a look at our stories. Yet, he loved me so much, he loved you so much, that all of those things are forgiven. They're released. The debt is cancelled. That's what Jesus did for us so amazingly on the cross. He said, I will take all of those things upon myself as if I did them. 
and I release you from them, you no longer have to be bound by, affected by those things. The consequence of our wrongdoing is cancelled. We're released from it. The curse of sin, the consequence of sin is gone. God forgives and he decided through Jesus that he was going to forgive. He had a redemptive plan. He had a forgiveness plan before we did anything wrong. He had already decided he was going to be a forgiver. And he invites us to do the same thing. <laughs> we are on the receiving end of God's unlimited mercy. That story that I told you, the department manager was on the receiving end of the CEO's unlimited mercy. And God's kind of forgiveness doesn't make sense. It's often beyond what we can understand and comprehend. Yet, his kind of forgiveness is mine, and his kind of forgiveness is yours. And we cannot place a limit on God's forgiveness. This is the beautiful thing. There's no limit on the forgiveness that we have. That's what, that's what Jesus is saying in the story. He's saying, forgive 70 times 7. In other words, it's beyond human limitation. <laughs> but yet the debt that we owe is so large when we look at our wrongdoings. But the mercy, the, the limitlessness of, of God's grace, of his mercy, things that we don't deserve, is, is so great. We have a relationship with the perfect debt canceller, not debt collector. And, and maybe, maybe the next part, point that I'm going to talk about, the to forgive part, maybe we find that difficult because we don't actually stop and understand and receive and comprehend the forgiveness that we have. We don't always understand what is actually ours. Even today, <laughs> we've had to forgive. I've had to forgive. I've thought things about people in the last two weeks, um, which have been tough. And I've had to choose. I've had to decide that I'm going to be obedient to Jesus' words and to his unction to me. So let's, let's try and understand and comprehend what we actually have been forgiven from. Here's one of the things that I want us to look at. Um, just in looking at to forgive. So we're forgiven to forgive. Jesus said, forgive us, I've forgiven you. He said, when you pray, say this, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. He says things like, if you don't forgive, then I, and I'm not going to finish the sentence because I think most of you know what it says. But that scripture from Matthew 18 I read earlier speaks about having mercy on us. And as we've been forgiven, the, the unction is for us to forgive from our hearts. And why? Why should we forgive? Well, I want to just speak about a negative thing that happens. And I'm reaching behind my back here for a reason. Do any of you have any of these? Um, these great things to hear from. Have you ever noticed that it doesn't matter how carefully you fold them up, when you take them out of your bag or your pocket, they look like this. They are completely tangled. It doesn't matter what you did, but they're tangled up. This is a picture of what happens, the negative thing that happens if we don't release ourselves from the things that have happened. If we don't forgive, we get completely tangled. And this is this is what we get entangled with. We get entangled with bitterness and we get entangled with unforgiveness. 
And sometimes um, we even get symptoms. You know, we're all talking about symptoms at the moment. Here's some of the symptoms of unforgiveness. Grimace. Do you know what a grimace is? Um, rolled eyes. Uh, just that like, you know, that, that just breathe out, that sigh that happens when that person's name is mentioned or the event is mentioned. There's symptoms that we have of unforgiveness. And one of the biggest symptoms of unforgiveness is bitterness. Hebrews 12, 15 reads like this. It says, see to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and to defile many. See, here's what unforgiveness does. It doesn't just affect me. It affects other people. I, if I'm sitting in unforgiveness and I get bitter and twisted and angry and I think more about revenge than I do about the kingdom of God and just that person's demise more than I do about their well-being, here's what happens. Bitterness starts to take root in my heart and the Bible says really clearly that a bitter root grows up and causes trouble and defiles many. So it's not just affecting me, it's affecting those around me. Bitterness chains my story. It entangles me. It does this. It entangles me to the pain and to my enemy, to the pain and to the person that did something to me that I'm struggling with. It entangles me to that event. It entangles me to the past. And guess what? If I'm entangled to the past, it's very difficult to hold on to the present and to think about the future. What if our unforgiveness also closes the door to all of the best things that God has for us? What if me being entangled to that stuff prevents me from walking in the fullness of God? Do you remember at the beginning of that verse that I read, Matthew 18? Jesus says, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like forgiveness. It looks like forgiveness. And sometimes we don't go there because we're so entangled and the wounds are sore and we don't want to go there. We feel like it's too much energy. Jesus even at one point says, when you pray, before you pray, make sure you've forgiven everybody around you. Make sure you've forgiven people. Ouch. I know. Like I said right at the beginning, welcome to my challenge and to my journey. Sometimes it's not even the person that we need to forgive. Sometimes it's just a perception of the wrong that might have happened to us. And perceptions are real to us. Sometimes we don't forgive because we think it's hard. It is. But we are made for hard. Sometimes we don't want to forgive because we don't want to. I had somebody come up to me, a seasoned Christian come up to me once and say to me, what if you just don't want to forgive? Well, then you remain entangled to the pain to the woundedness, to the event. What if you don't feel like it? What if it's not fair? Well, guess what? You were anointed for the unfair. You were anointed for the hard. Jesus says, as I had mercy on you, so you show mercy to another. So those are the negative things. What are the positive things of forgiving? Well, if it's important to Jesus, it should be important to me. Um, if it disentangles me from the person or the place or the event, if, if I can take these out of my bag and they're not all tangled up like this, if I can open them, Basil, our cameraman, came with his draped around his neck when he got here this afternoon. 
completely disentangled. He's disentangled from the pain of this that I'm sitting with. But what if, what if us forgiving, what if us releasing, what if us canceling the debt disentangles us from those people? What if forgiveness is for you and not for the other person? See, they might never know. They might not even be here anymore. But it's actually for you. So that you are not living tangled, entangled anymore. You're living free. You're living just completely um, without the consequence of what happened affecting your DNA on a daily basis. See, Romans 12, 18 says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Not as far as it depends on the other person, but as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Man, that's challenging. As far as it depends on me, I need to forgive. As far as it depends on me, I need to not get bitter, angry, twisted at somebody else and what they've done. Ephesians 4.31 speaks about getting rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander. Being free from every form of malice. It goes on to say, be kind and compassionate to one another. Here it is, forgiving one another, just as in Christ, God forgave you. See what happens? We're able to be kind and compassionate when we forgive. We're not sitting with that anger and that horribleness. And this is the hard part. Forgiving might mean that we never get what is owed to us right here, right now. But it does mean that we can live completely disentangled from the pain, from the mess that is happening in that event or in that other person. I just want to say this. Forgiveness doesn't mean you have to trust again. And it doesn't mean restoration, but what it means is I'm doing what God's asked of me to do and what is right for me to do in his sight. So the next bit is who? Who do we forgive? Well, there's people, right? We forgive people who've wronged us. I had someone ask me the other day, do I need to forgive God? I'm angry at God. So verbalizing that we are angry at God or that we feel frustrated or that we feel disappointed. Um, yes, totally. What does it mean if I feel angry at God? It means this, that my perception of God is wrong. It means that I don't believe he's actually good. It means that I don't believe that he's working everything together for my good. All of the, even COVID, he's going to work it together for our good. He's going to work it all out. Why? Because it's who he is. He's good. At every single turn, God is good. At every single turn, he is faithful. At every single turn, he is loving. He can't be anything but that. And so if we ever find ourselves feeling frustrated at him, forgiving, God doesn't need our forgiveness, but we need sometimes to verbalize it. Why? Because it means that I, I'm showing myself that my perception of God is wrong. And what can I then do? I can then say, God, what is the truth? What truth do you want me to know about who you are? What lie am I believing about you? Sometimes you might even need to forgive a place or an institution. A place or an institution might resemble something, might resemble a trauma, might remind you of something bad that's happened. And maybe you need to forgive that. Maybe there's a group of people. When you see one type of person, it reminds you of a group of people that you need to forgive. Maybe you even need to forgive an event that happened, an ongoing event, an ongoing occurrence. But those are the sorts of things that we need to be reminding ourselves, why am I feeling this anger? Why am I feeling this rage? Maybe 
it's because I need to forgive something, somebody, somebody that resembles that. And I know you're all asking this question and here's, here's the crux of it. The last part is the how. <laughs> how do we forgive? How in and of ourselves do we forgive? Well, guess what? In and of ourselves, it's probably really difficult to forgive. It's difficult to do the hard stuff without the Holy Spirit. But at the moment, there are many people around about us catching a virus called COVID-19. What if I said to you, how about trying to catch the virus of forgiveness? What if there was this lifestyle of forgiveness that we could choose on a daily basis to live by? What if we could choose on a daily basis or an event by event, a moment by moment basis to cancel the debt, to release, name and release, <laughs> to give up the right to judge. See, it's not my place to judge somebody for what they have or haven't done wrong. It's not who I am. I'm not the king. I'm not the author. I'm not the creator. So I don't get to judge it. But I do, give, I do get to choose whether I sit as judge or not. I do get to choose whether I give up the right to judge somebody else and hand that right to God whose place it is. And I also get to choose whether I can receive the forgiveness that I've been given from heaven, from, from, heaven, from God. Joyce Meyer, one of my favorite people that I love to listen to, says the first step to forgiveness is to decide to forgive. See, one of the things about God is he gave us free will. He gave us the ability to choose. He said to us that you can choose life or you can choose death. I put before you these two things. Which one are you going to choose? Choose life or choose death. Choosing unforgiveness leads to dead parts of our heart. And it's those parts that when we feel like we can't forgive, it's actually those parts that are the hurting parts that sometimes we need to give up to God and give over to him in the first place. Obedience to forgiveness is often challenging, but it's always worth it. What if we've already decided at the beginning of every day that we're going to live a lifestyle of forgiver, that we're going to do what God said on earth as it is in heaven? What if on earth as it is in heaven means I'm going to choose to live as a forgiver? I'm going to be a redemptive solution in places that I influence. I'm going to be a human that brings a redemptive solution. Here's some of the things the Bible says to do when we're looking at forgiveness. Pray for those who've hurt you. Pray for your enemies. <laughs> Bless them. Do not curse them. Believe the best. So far as it depends on me, I'm going to live in peace with other people. I'm choosing to be undefiled by bitterness. When I get those thoughts, a couple of weeks ago, I was speaking about Thrapple thoughts, Philippians 4.18, whatever is true, honorable, righteous, admirable, praiseworthy, peaceable, lovely, and excellent. Those are the thoughts that are going to do this. They're going to keep the ball out of the enemy's camp. I don't know if any of you watch rugby, but often in the break of rugby, they speak about territory. They speak about where, where the territory was. Was it in the Springbok camp or was it in the Lions camp? Was it in the Springbok camp or was it in the Argentinian camp? And the more territory you have, the easier it is to score a try. What if I'm 
choosing to think about things that I should think about, and that in and of itself keeps bitterness and unforgiveness at bay. What if we are the redemptive army moving through the land and taking territory with the gospel? That Matthew 18 said, Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle the account with his servants. The kingdom of heaven. This is what it looks like. You know every time we say, Lord, more of you, kingdom come, Lord God, here on earth as it is in heaven, this is what it looks like. It looks like us being a forgiver. Martin Luther King said an interesting thing during his lifetime. He said, forgiveness is not an occasional act. It is a constant attitude. It's a constant, I choose. I choose to forgive. I choose to release you from the debt that I feel you owe me. I choose to cancel that debt. Jesus on the cross, when he said it is finished, that's what he was doing. He was canceling our debt. And we, when we say we want to bring kingdom here on earth, that's what part of it looks like. Now, I know that out there, there is none of you that is sitting with unforgiveness. But if you were, <laughs> if you were, who comes to mind? What's the first thing that you think of if I ask that question? I'm going to ask you this. Where do you stand today? Do you stand in the forgiven and still needing to, to recognize the forgiveness of God in your life? Or are you sitting in the to forgive? I, I, I bridge between the two because I don't always think I understand fully the forgiveness of God. And whenever I'm sitting in a place of having to forgive somebody, here's what I do. I ask God to remind me how much he's forgiven me of. Those worst days, those things that I thought that I shouldn't have thought. <laughs> the things that I wanted to pray. The things when I said, God, I'm so thankful I'm not like that person. <laughs> those things. Those are the things when I know, God, show me how much you've forgiven me from. Show me your mercy. Show me your love. And Lord God, help me to exhibit that to someone else. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for this word. I thank you for the tough stuff that we're anointed for. Lord God, I pray for people that are, that are watching this. And I don't know which side of the camp, which side of the fence you're sitting on. But Lord God, if we are sitting in a place where we still don't understand your forgiveness, won't you show us now? Won't you show us the debt that you've released us from? Show us the forgiveness that we so freely are able to receive. It's a free gift from you. Show us, Lord God. And Lord, in turn, Father, help us to forgive others. Lord God, I just pray right now for a grace over every person watching this, a grace to forgive, a grace to live as a forgiver. A grace to live as one that is disentangled from the pain, the effects, the consequences of someone else's sin, of someone else's wrongdoing. Lord God, that we may be those redemptive solutions. Lord God, that we may be those that bring heaven on earth, that bring your kingdom authority to the places around about us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.